0: Who's ready for a podcast? Hopefully you are. The correct your in here stadium time is 8.35 p.m. Central Standard Time. Your digital audio device is tuned into the Orange and True podcast. Harbored by collegeofmagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. It's me, Drew Crozen. That's Hunter crow 2 on Twitter. You can find me at Santa Crow on Venmo. To one side of me, the rumor bonger, s Stands for the S stands for Steel to Tennessee Ryan S. Darrett.
1: The S stands for sleep, which is something I get right now, and you get. I don't,
0: <laughs> <laughs> guys. I recommend if you have a problem in which you're sleeping too much, you should bring a newborn baby into the world. <laughs> that's the that's the key. The other side of me. You heard him laugh. You heard him chortle, giving that full Fort Payne ASMR that you pay so much money for. It's the AU chief.
2: <laughs>
0: and speaking of paying so much money for it, some of you aren't paying for it, and I need uh, I need you guys to remedy that. At center crow on Twitter, that's center crow on Venmo. At center crow two on Twitter, because some goth kid still has that center crow and hasn't tweeted in like six years. <laughs> it's the way it is, guys. Well, quick question, Ryan, if in January of 2020, I would have told you that Kentucky men's basketball would have no answer for Alan Flanagan. <laughs> what would you have said?
1: <laughs> uh, I would ask if you're talking about a rec league or like a intramural team, maybe. I mean, they didn't back yeah, the backups, the walk-ons. Yeah. Wow, twenty-one and nine is a uh, it it, won it, I think that was his career high points, but it, it didn't even feel like he had that dominant of a game, did it? No. He all of a sudden, a, you look up at the end and it's like yes, eight for eight from the stripe, and you know almost a double double. the only person quiet, that can
2: stop Alan Flanagan in this. Oh. So I had a kind of quiet twenty-one and nine. Well, the, the only person that could stop Alan Flanagan in this game was Alan Flanagan. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean he took a bunch of like really bad shots and like pushed it too much, and still had twenty-one and nine. <laughs> it's like yeah. insane. It's
0: um, he was able to do so many things that I don't think that um, no, that anybody thought that he was going to be the guy who could do. I think everyone thought that he was a really darn good defender last year, who we were looking forward to getting back. Um, A really good defender with some veteran leadership who'd been in some big games for us last year. Nobody at any point thought, oh, this dude's going to be the most important player on the team in a lot of ways. (laughs) Like, because he's been here all season, and the only reason why Auburn is not uh, six and eight as opposed to eight and six might be because of Alan Flanagan.
2: Yeah, I um, I think the general consensus on on Flynn uh, during last year and after last year was, oh, this guy's going to be a a great role player for four years. Like he's going to be here, yeah, he'll be a guy we can rely on. You know, he'll improve over four years. But the incredible jump that he, uh, I mean, I I don't I don't even think there's any way that Bruce Pearl expected that. No, um, I, I agree it's with you. it's just crazy, and he's a dude that I, I mean, I really think he, he he
1: could be drafted this year. I mean, he's not. I'm not sure if he should. I mean, and so we talk about all the time that like, if you have a chance to get drafted, you should just go ahead and go. But he's on he's on such an upward Absolutely. trajectory that if he were to come back next year as a third year guy, I mean, you know. Age isn't in his favor at that point, but I think we could see a dominant college player if he, if he continues to improve. The well, way if he,
0: he continues is. to progress, yeah. But dude, dude went from averaging like four points a game last year to averaging right. fifteen a game. He this went from year. shooting
1: seventeen percent. Actually, 30, I have it in of me. Thirty-eight percent from three. And here's the other wild thing: he went from shooting
0: forty-five percent from free throw line to seventy-eight percent from the free throw line. That, that, that type of difference um, is something that the NBA scouts will look at because it shows that you can improve your overall shot and your shot form if you're starting to make 80% of your free throws when you were making 45%. 45% is trash. Um, and 80% is respect, darn near respectable. Like, really good. Um, that's a huge improvement. And, like, if he continues to improve, he improved by 11 points a game. If he does that again, you're looking at a guy who is scoring 25 a game on average, averaging 25 a game. Yeah, and, I, next and I don't year. think he has to do that.
1: That's crazy. Uh, he, he brings so much value in terms of defense and um, not necessarily being a primary scorer, but being a guy you can trust to not do something stupid. And so far, Auburn's SOS, Auburn's
0: drink the schedule ranking, is better this season. Than it was last, by by the end of last season. So the play, teams we've played so far average out to being better than the teams we played. Well, that'll all year last still year. Still got Baylor on this. You take the too. whole season. That'll average. help
2: when you when you, you still got Baylor. play the number one team in the country. Your what second game of the, of the season, <laughs> right? So uh, yeah, and now we're gonna play the number two, who I'm not sure is not the number one team in the country because Baylor looks really freaking good. Yeah. I, still have not
1: played Tennessee. We got another game against Alabama. I mean schedule doesn't really let up from here. Ryan,
0: what's a, what's a really good PER for
1: uh, college? You told me that 30 is like MVP, and if you're over 20, you're you In the good. NBA,
0: yeah. NBA, 30 is your, your, your MVPs. College, you can probably go a little lower. Um, so anything anything above 15 to 20 is going to be really Usually good.
1: Usually you want your best player to be like a 25. Alan Flanigan, If, if you're a good team.
0: Right. Flan last year... Had a PER of (laughs) 6.7. Okay. His PER this year is 19. So that is a, that's the leap, as Hmm. people call it in the NBA. That's the, he made the leap. He went from, he went from being a, a barely a role player, hanging on to minutes, to now he's the guy you can build your entire half court offense around. Because with Sharif, you know, you've got a guy who, I think I'm gonna. We don't. We don't have show notes tonight, so I'm just gonna kind of ramble. I haven't slept in three days, but well, first of all, let's talk about one of the things that Sharif. Said. Yeah, because my wife had my wife had a. Yeah, everyone, make sure
2: you congratulate uh, and we're, Crow, son,
0: son of son yes. of yes, son of son of Crow,
2: brother
0: um, of daughter of son of Crow. Yeah, it's brother <laughs> of daughter of son of Crow. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's been. It's been wild around here, um, but. What I was saying is that uh, one of the things Sharif did, like Auburn loses that game to Kentucky without Sharif Cooper, um, because Kentucky's a really good team at forcing you to turn Mm -hmm. the ball over. And Auburn didn't turn the ball over that much. And comparatively, that's because we have Sharif Cooper. Still wasn't great. Comparatively, to what wasn't great, but man, it was better than it was before Sharif Cooper was in the lineup. This team was a sieve at turning the ball over. when Justin Powell was playing point for us. And that's not a knock on Justin Powell, again, not his position. But improving just that, just turning the ball over less. Because Kentucky can't score. So the only way they're gonna get points on you is by transition buckets. And the only way they do those is if you turn the ball over on them. So if we just limit it if you limit turnovers and get some rebounds, you can beat Kentucky. Like Kentucky got almost every single offensive rebound they could in that first half. That's the only reason why Auburn was down at halftime. In the second half, Auburn limited turnovers more, got more rebounds and made I mean, the shots. The Kentucky
1: game was almost a complete mirror of the Georgia game. So in the Georgia game, Auburn won the shooting battle in fact, a field goal percentage, but then lost in getting to the line, turnovers and rebounds in the Kentucky game. Auburn, right lost the shooting battle and won every other uh, category. So it was, it was impressive yeah. to see Auburn win a game that they're not really comfortable winning. Um, and we talked about at one point how this was really just kind of a nightmare matchup for Sharif specifically. Cause the one knock on them is well, not the one the main knock on them is the size. Yeah. And Kentucky is one of the few teams that's taller than Auburn. Um, so their length, you could tell yeah. really bothered them early on. You know, you're not used to playing against a you know, six seven shooting guard in AAU, but yeah, he, that's what he had to do against Kentucky, and uh, he started to find his stride a little bit more in the second half. Um, it may not be the best tape for him for uh, for NBA scouts because they're going to see that him playing against these tall guys really is a problem. Uh,
0: well, in the NBA, they don't let you get. Murdered. <laughs> I mean,
2: I, I've
1: never. He would have like, shot 30 free throws. He would have shot 500 I've never free seen throws. Anyone get yeah.
2: fouled every single time up the floor? Quite like. We've talked about this,
0: but there is a reason why a lot of people that I know watch Auburn and then don't watch any more college basketball games, and it's because of, I mean the number one reason is the officiating is just so awful. And we've talked about how in college basketball, my biggest knock on college basketball is that certain things are a foul at midcourt that are never called under the rim. And that doesn't make any sense. It should be the opposite. We're trying to score points in this game. Like we're trying to make this a television show that people want to watch. Why are you calling tiki-tac fouls at the timeline and then under the basket guys are just getting clobbered and no call? Swallow your whistle. Is it like Sharif taking that
1: vicious shoulder out of midcourt? <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, Sharif, Sharif about got a yellow for simulation a couple times. I mean, I, I don't like flopping. I I wish that they'd coach him He's out. He's been of that, fishing for that. Lot. Yes, game.
2: definitely. I mean, and it's not as if Jared didn't do a whole lot of that as well. So
1: Jared uh, was at least better yeah. at well, taking charges under the basket and. Drawing fouls when he was going when he had the ball, Sharif seems to try and draw a lot of them when he's playing defense at midcourt, which is frustrating yeah. because most of the time it's not getting called. And but they,
0: well, they'll call it at midcourt. Sometimes you never know. <laughs> that's like, you do that by the block. They're not. I mean, they're just gonna let you go. Like they don't care. And that's the the refereeing in the officiating in college basketball is a joke. And we had Doug shows. Mm.
2: My goodness. I mean, it it, it played out, I mean, exactly like a Doug shows uh, game always does. Like the first 10 minutes, basically, they let everything go like nothing was a foul. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then suddenly uh, it was really around the 11 minute mark. All of a sudden they start calling it really tight. And before you know it, Auburn had uh, 11 fouls to Kentucky's five. The only the only good thing about it, which is not typical shells, is that uh, Kentucky didn't end up shooting a lot of free throws off of those 11 fouls. Um, Otherwise, it was just I mean, every time that's what you can expect from one of his games. And it it usually... A lot of times it'll go a whole half and then the second half will be tighter and somebody will foul out because they're doing the exact same thing. It's just... That's just the... He's not the only ref that is inconsistent like that, but he is the most consistently inconsistent.
1: Yeah, And um, I think that kind of hits the nail on the head is there's there's no consistency to it and there's no flow to the game where, you know, the, the foul totals, if you just look at them, it was 16 for Auburn, 20 for Kentucky. But it seemed like there would be no fouls for 10 minutes and then it would just be eight fouls in two minutes. You you never really knew what you were Mm going to get even based off of what had been called before. All right. So I want to talk a little bit more about Shreve Cooper.
0: There's a really good chance he comes back next year only because he could improve his stock just by virtue of the fact that next year's draft is not as strong as this year's draft. This year's draft is like crazy deep. And so even if he played lights out the rest of the year, he's probably not going to improve more than 13th, 12th, 13th in the draft. He came back next year, he could really make his way into the top 10. Especially if Auburn were to go to the tournament and go And
1: being a point guard for uh, Jabari Smith and JT Thor together could be insane.
0: He might have 30 (laughs) assists in a game. Yeah. So here's a crazy stat. So points produced is one of my favorite stats. So this is an estimate of the player's offensive points that he has been responsible for. That includes, I believe that includes assists, that includes um, free throws you made yourself, points you scored yourself, blah, blah, blah. Um, right now, Sharif is seventh on the team
1: in points produced, and he's played three yeah, that, games. That's total, not average, right? Yeah.
0: And that's total. Total points produced. So he will most likely... Be first on the team based on what those numbers are. Sometime around uh, the next time we play Kentucky, if I had to guess, because he's still got to catch up. Flanagan's got 192 points produced, and Sharif only has 75, but that's 75 in three games, so that's going to be climbing up the chart, up the charts. Um, his usage rate is tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think that I've ever seen a player on a Bruce Pearl team with a 39% oh usage rate.
1: His um, usage rate is made, his effective field goal percentage. That's probably not great. But.
0: Yes. And his usage rate is so high. Like, remember we used to think like uh, Austin Wiley had this crazy high usage percentage. we like, every play they go into Austin Wiley? Austin Wiley wasn't, wasn't that. <laughs> he wasn't 39.1. That's nuts. That's Russell Westbrook um, usage rate. So we, uh, we got a guy who, can, who just has the rock the whole time is in the court. The next highest guy that's still on the team and is a scholarship player is Flan at 22. So and Justin Powells that after him at 21. So your other point guards, guys who play point guard, are still a full 10 percent, if not more, um, below your point guard the guy who's got the ball 39% of the time he's on the floor. Um, and that makes sense because he is averaging just insane amounts of uh, of, produ- of productivity off of that. Like he he's just so efficient um with with the way that he carries the ball and and is able to make his teammates get wide open looks all over the court.
2: Yeah, it it's just uh it's he's just incredible to watch i mean even a somebody that's not really that versed in basketball can watch him and tell that he is he's the most important player on the team um and that, that that's without having seen us without him like you could just see this guy and just and just tell like and i don't even i haven't even heard anyone complain about him being a ball hog uh because i i don't he's such a good passer <laughs> yeah yeah, I don't think that there's a. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he can take some bad shots because he's going to get uh, somebody else. Uh, you know, fifteen points.
0: He's not a great. He's not no. a great yeah, defender. Yeah, that is, is his biggest, biggest knock, knock for sure. He is similar to like, like Allen Iverson wasn't a very good defender. He kind of like was under the yeah. radar. It was kind of the Achilles' heel of his game. When he covered it up by being by leading the league in steals, because you don't actually be a good defender to lead the league in steals. Sharif's got two steals a game. He's leading the team in steals per game in conference play um, at two steals a game. And the guy right behind him in conference play uh, in terms of steal percentage, so when he's on the court, he's getting a steal on 3.3% of possessions. Wow. The guy behind him is JT Thor, <laughs> a six foot ten monster who is getting a steal on 2.4% of every possession he's on the floor. So, Sharif is getting. I think that more highlights just how bizarro skill set J yeah. T Four has, um, but also that Sharif does give you something on defense. He's not. He's not a complete zero. He's actually a negative on defensive box plus minus. But he is not a complete zero on the defensive end. Yeah, I think what you
1: look students. for in guys like him is like he doesn't have the physical skill set to be an elite defender. So you you at least want to see. The effort and the energy, you know, maybe it's drawing some fouls, causing steals, uh, and for the most part, he has that. So even though he's he's not, not going to plus your guy, up with a bunch of guys, but you know.
0: plus your guy who is got thirty nine percent usage percentage is exhausted on yeah. the offensive yeah. side of the of, the, of the court. So he's also not he's not going to be giving the defensive effort. That a guy like Alan Flanagan, who has now been relieved of point guard duties, is able to do. So Alan Flanagan, we're going to get better defense out of him coming on because
2: because is Sharif's right. Sharif's
0: running the point. Like we're going to get better defense. We, and out we him. don't
2: need necessarily yeah. need Sharif to be a uh, uh, you know a, a great one on one defender. He just needs to be a half decent team defender,
1: really. Just yeah, be in good position. Yeah, you know. Don't give uncontested looks. Right. So, so I think the interesting difference with um, him, you know, you talked about earlier where you don't have to be a, you know, a basketball whiz to know that he's a great player. Uh, he makes everybody else in the court better in tangible ways where, you know, you may have had a guy last year, like Isaac Okoro, where the team was t- t- statistically way better when Okoro was on the court. But you may not have seen, like, oh, yeah. he makes Austin Wiley better. He makes Samir Dowdy better. Where when Sharice on the court, you can tell every single player plays better when he's on the court. Yep, for sure. And I, maybe that's something just specific to the point guard position. Because uh, he's creating looks for guys like Devin Cambridge, like JT Thor, like Alan Flanagan. Um, I don't know. That's something I don't really know basketball well enough to say. But just it is something I've noticed.
0: Yeah. I mean, if we, I'll put it this way: Last year's team usage percentage leader was Samir at twenty-five percent. At um, the box plus-minus leader last year was Austin at eight, with Okoro right after that at six, and Jalen Williams also in the sixes. Um, but our, actually, Williams also had an eight. Taylor Williams led the, led the team on a box plus-minus last year, actually. But neither one of those two guys could you think? Did you think? oh, when he's on the court, everybody around him is going to get more open shots, he's going to have makeable shots, and he's going to play with a little more juice. I think that's what you're alluding to. Like, Samir makes everyone play like, guys, we get to play with Samir today. It's kind of like when LeBron used to get on teams their first couple of games, everyone just kind of played better because they got to play with LeBron. Like it was, you know, I wanna be on, you know you're going to be on national TV, so you better up your game.
1: Some of the, the looks he's he's for Devin Cambridge specifically is what sticks out to me. He's finding him at the at the three point range. He's finding him at the basket. Um, it, it's impressive. And hats off to Devin for being okay with going to the bench. Oh, you know, we got reducing talk about his that. role a little bit and just bawling out the last couple games.
2: We we got to talk about Devin's game the other day. It is it was absolutely his best game, uh,
1: the, the black all. party against Georgia.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that one was good. I, I just, I think he played his best game against Kentucky. Um, because he just, he had, uh, he had some just really key defensive plays and really key offensive plays. Um, he didn't score, you know, a billion points. Um, but he, he was just, he was great. And, um, for a guy who I really have not been sold on um, and really I wrote him off at the beginning of this year. Cause he just, he was a non-factor uh, and really detrimental uh, most of the games early on. Uh, he's, I mean, I, it has a lot to do with Sharif has unlocked a different side of his game. Um, I, I, I think he is better as an energy guy coming off the bench and he's probably going to have better numbers than whoever's going to start in front of him but it's it, it's still it's
1: i mean that that's a guy you need yeah. and if he's willing,
2: having a guy willing to do it is great too
1: he's effectively playing starter he, minutes in the three games that he's been on the bench he has 24 26 and 26 minutes so
0: he also is playing very hashtag classic Malik oh, basketball yeah. He is, he is the spiritual heir to the classic Malik Throne. High flying,
1: game. hit a couple threes, was, draw some text from the other team. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, going gonna to spike the ball down and break someone's nose at some point this season, I'm fairly sure. He is also maybe going to get thrown out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Never know. He is going to air ball a three and then turn right around and shoot it again and make it a second time. That's just who he is. And that's what we need him to be. That's what Auburn needs Devin Cambridge to be. Auburn, Bruce Pearl's teams need a classic, need Malik Dunbar on the, on the bench, coming off the bench. You don't need him in the starting lineup. You need him coming off the bench, playing against somebody's second unit. You need energy and a guy who can heat up. And nobody on this team is as streaky a shooter as Devin Cambridge. Remember, Devin, I believe, is, uh, did he tie Bryce's record for most threes made in a game last year? He got really close. He made like yeah, eight he had that one game, game where I,
1: I, think he, I think he shot like 8 for 10 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, he could go 8 for 10 in a game. And against Georgia, he could have five blocks. That's the, the kind of thing. Five blocks. Right. Is it's just incredible. For yeah. a wing. Like you would have Five blocks. That would an Austin for... Wiley stat line or an Anthony Macklemore stat line. But right. No, 14 points, four rebounds, three steals, five blocks.
0: Yeah, defensively, Devin Cambridge has been awesome this year, like, awesome. And uh, there's no, there's no other way to say it. Like, he's been a guy you need on the court against teams like Kentucky, that are long. Um, Devin Cambridge has been awesome, and against and against Georgia, he was great on defense. I'm a fan of the Devin Cambridge. Uh, we talked about basketball. another one of his, now, uh, his bench means, mates
1: who had a pretty good week uh Dylan Cardwell go for it is i mean he hasn't hardly missed a shot in s e c play he's not he doesn't have the highest yeah. use percentage, but he's thirteen of fifteen from the field in s e c games uh against Jeez. Kentucky he had eight rebounds in twenty two minutes <laughs> just he wow he was the last guy on the on the roster i think coming into this year i mean a three star probably going to be sitting behind stretch and Jalen Williams. Like I, if anybody was going to get the, the red shirt, which nobody really gets red shirt in basketball, but you know, maybe play five minutes a game. I think it was going to be him. And he's shown, no, he's, he's going to be one of the best bigs in the sec sooner rather than later.
0: And he plays with just like this unbelievable positive energy. Like he is just this giant smile going up and down the court, unshakable, unflappable, can't be – he can't get the smile off his face. And not like even in a happy-to-be-here sort of way, but in a – you guys seeing this? You guys see what I'm doing? This is hilarious. (laughs) These guys are getting mad. I'm just dunking the ball. Like he he plays like he is so thrilled to be on the basketball team um, and to get to do it. Which is awesome. And that kind of he is plays infectious. like the
1: walk-on that gets to play one game because somebody's hurt every game. Yes! Every game he's like, oh, they let me play again.
0: <laughs> Better go out there and just give it everything I it's got. It's great
1: to see because he's...
2: And just yeah, yeah, he's, rebound the He's going to
1: be a beloved player at Auburn. Uh, and he, he would be anywhere, honestly. But I can't wait to be back in Auburn Arena when there's a capacity crowd and he just dunks on you know an Alabama player next year and they go to a timeout he's just yeah. gonna go crazy I mean uh, I, I think it was I think I don't remember for sure but uh Ferrigan Painter that the uh, said he, he's basically a wrestling character um because yeah well, I mean he he is. It
0: <laughs> he's also um he would be Bill Walton's favorite player on the team by the end of the game if Bill Walton called one of our games, Dylan Carrolls his favorite player on the team. Just because he's a giant smile on his face the whole game. And I want you guys to understand how good he has been defensively, rebounding-wise. He's rebounding 16.7% of every available defensive rebound um, while he's on the floor. The only guy doing better than that in conference play. That That's his... SEC totals, it is a guy named JT Thor who is averaging 20%. He is grabbing 20% of the defensive rebounds available to him when he is on the court. He is a monster on defensive rebounding yet again. We'll keep, I'm going to keep harping on this. Auburn's JT Thor is a player that on many Auburn teams is the best player we got. And he's kind of like... Third, fourth banana on this on this Auburn team, just because he doesn't have to carry sort of scoring load. He doesn't have to like bring the ball up the court. He's not asked to do a ton. Yet when he does, he is he is the second best player on the team in terms of per. And
1: did the you SEC. see his uh, his like step back three against Georgia? Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> straight out of the Katie's playbook. It, a
0: step-back three against Georgia, a Euro-step finger roll we're, against Kentucky. We're going to call that a
1: step from that one.
0: Difficult to, difficult to hold a baby,
1: <laughs> jump <laughs> up
0: out of a seat and scream.
1: That's a, that's a baby number two trick, but, isn't it? Probably not trying out baby number one.
0: Also, right. Speaking of which, my young son, never been alive for an Auburn loss. Undefeated. Undefeated in his lifetime. Yeah, and never seen us lose to Kentucky.
1: I mean, a lot of kids haven't.
0: So uh, in conference play, I like to look at these stats again. So we got Sharif, obviously, playing unbelievable basketball, leading the team in PER. Second is JT Thor, like I mentioned. Third is Devon Cambridge. He is the third um, efficient, most efficient player on Auburn's team in conference play. So the stats back up what we were talking about. They back up the fact that Devin Cambridge has been this like huge spark for the team. Um, and yeah, and it's, it's really just kind of unlocked a different part of the, of what the team is able to do. This team's ceiling all of a sudden is, I know there's no, there's no tournament for this team and there's no SEC yeah. tournament. Is there either? What there neither? is, okay.
1: is, uh, playing in Coleman Coliseum on their senior day, potentially with a chance for them to clinch the SEC.
0: (laughs) I really need, need, need Auburn to win that game by 30 points. I just run them out of the gym. Because the amount of sad bammers that that would produce would feed my soul. All right, Ryan. Who does Auburn play this week
1: well, in basketball? First up, Wednesday night, we've got the uh, rematch with Arkansas. Um, they, uh, they, I think they beat Auburn by twelve in the last matchup, um, but they've kind of had a rough stretch since then. Um, after they beat Auburn, they, yeah, they're one and four since then. Uh, losses to Missouri, Tennessee, LSU, and Bama. They beat Georgia by thirty, though. So, um, a lot of people were beating Georgia by a lot. Um artists do we you do want to go ahead and preview the Arkansas game or
0: Yeah, I mean we have two road games, right? Arkansas and South Carolina. Uh, Allegedly.
1: Yeah, if we get yeah. to the South Carolina game, um they've had a lot of covid issues. They're uh they've only played two conference games and six games total. I think Frank Martin has had covid twice um Jesus. so uh, I, I almost would rather them just go ahead and cancel it so they don't have to go to Columbia um is he going on is he just going to like concerts who knows <laughs> <laughs> I get it it's
0: unbelievable going it twice but
2: all right Auburn's so... actually
1: not favored in either game um Arkansas is yeah. 42 in Ken Palm, South Carolina 62. Again, kind of small sample for them just because they haven't played much. Um, but honestly, the I think if you just use the eye test, Auburn with Sharif Cooper uh, is an entirely different team than they were for the first 10, 11 games of the year. Um, what are we at in Ken Palm Auburn is right 70th in Ken Palm right now. But that's up 15 spots in the last three games. So,
0: Yeah. When you have a guy who has produced what he's produced in yep. three games. I mean, even his quote-unquote bad game. 11 and is 8. A lousy <laughs> way of – yeah. Like eight eight rebound, eight assists in a game is nuts. That's not a bad game. And we
1: still don't have <laughs> Mike, uh, full a full really roster. roster. Uh, Chris Moore hasn't been playing, but, and Justin Powell still out with a concussion. Um, I, I'm excited to see – what Sharif and Justin can do together. But at the same time, I don't want them to rush him back because there's no reason to. Um, it sounds like they're, they're being pretty cautious with him. So that's good to hear. Uh, yeah. So it, in the Arkansas game, you know we've already seen them once. Um, and Auburn played pretty well in that game. I think that one was tied with six or seven minutes to go, and then Auburn just kind of fell apart late. Uh, again, no Sharif Cooper in that one. I um, think that'll make a big difference. Um, just kind of going back, looking at all the, uh, the, the stat comparisons since then, uh, Auburn's got the number eight, ten Palm offense. Arkansas's got the number nine defense. And then on the flip side, it's in Arkansas number 10 offense, Auburn number eight defense. So neither team really uh, – those are SEC rankings, by the way, not national. Um, neither team really kind of showing out on either side, but uh, like Auburn is at least shooting the ball well, uh, taking away that Kentucky game. Um, Arkansas is not been able to prevent uh, teams from shooting well. They're, they're 12th in the SEC in effective field goal percentage allowed. But they do cause turnovers that are pretty high clip, um, which you know Auburn has struggled with even with Sharif. So we'll we'll have to watch on that. Uh, um, Let's see. Yeah, I mean, any anything else y'all are questions about with Arkansas or we've already seen them once. Well, I think
2: we've we've seen them play once. Yeah,
0: and and there should be some revenge in Auburn's mind because Auburn got outclassed in that game. And obviously now is a whole different basketball team. The real pendulum changes are the pendulum changes. The real difference happens is if, uh, if Justin Powell is able to play because if Justin Powell is able to play. Auburn could be almost, I think Auburn could be almost anybody on the schedule, maybe outside of Baylor with Justin Powell on the team. Um, so I, I'm actually fairly. If he plays, which it doesn't sound like. I mean, it, it sounds bad with him in terms of the way he's his body is reacting to a concussion, um, and so I don't. There's no reason to rush him back um, this season at all. So I don't expect Bruce to do it. So if he's if Justin Powell is playing, it's because he's 100%. Yeah, and he hasn't even
1: been be, in the gym personally the last couple of games. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess you just see him with the lights and then yeah, yeah no I, I mean probably too much
2: i don't think you'll see him start even if he does play i, I think it's going to be more of a
1: you know we may well, see I mean, him. He, he could get the 26 minutes off the bench like kevin cambridge has been
2: sure,
1: sure. Uh, he's not gonna be in shape <laughs> yeah uh,
0: he hadn't played he hadn't uh, been oh. in the gym like you people react differently to concussions and like there's there's no way to know until you have a concussion how you're going to react to one. We also don't know if this is his first concussion in his life. He might have had another one, and that's going to make this yeah, even more true. drawn out um, and more difficult. Like, yeah, because you don't want him to get another one. Which you know he's had this one, he's more susceptible to getting another concussion. Like, it could be be rough. Um, all right, so let's talk about South Carolina because we actually brought up. This in the uh, in our Slack about how where do you rank Frank Martin in terms of SEC coaches? And I think, I mean, South Carolina went to a Final Four a few years back. Yeah, is that right? Uh, what two three years ago? Yeah, and they won. He won two NITs, right? Like back to back NITs. Let's see,
1: last year they were a borderline tournament team. Obviously, we didn't have a tournament. Um. Year before that, they were they struggled. He went to the final four in the 2017 2018 season, I believe, and they lost to one seed Gonzaga. Um, yeah, I he's always struck me as one of the best uh deployers of talent, like we talk about with football all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they never really recruit great at South Carolina, but they always have a couple of guys that whether they're Juco or, you know, three star guys or whatever, they're, they're big, they're mean. They, you know who they are. Um, Chris Silva, Darius Thornwell. I mean, those guys, they actually, I I was telling somebody the other day, I want Dylan Cardwell to be like Chris Silva in the sense that every other team hates him because, (laughs)
0: Yeah. I think – is Chris Silva still playing for them? (laughs) You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because it kind of feels like – it kind of feels like he he is because I have a little bit of PTSD of Chris Silva. Um, But again, like he's also the kind of guy you want on your team. Like you said, like you want Craig Dillon Carwell to become Chris Silva because that was a piece on that team. Like that was a guy that you hated – that you had to go play against them because he was—you knew he was going to give you yep. a double double, and he was going to annoy the heck out of you. Um, I think Auburn should be able to win this game, but at South Carolina has always. The issue with this this stretch we've got is that these are two places that Auburn has found it difficult to win. Over the last few years, winning at Arkansas, winning at South Carolina has proven to be difficult for Auburn, for yeah. a while.
2: Um, it, I mean, hopefully we can get it done at least one of the two would be nice.
1: Uh, yeah. I think if year. you split this, you'll be pretty happy. Um, it's two winnable games, gotta, but it's also two gotta road games. It. So um,
0: got to split it. I don't. Um, so you said we're not favored by Ken. Yeah. Palm
1: Ken Palm projects the game to 77, 74 to South Carolina, but they also have a, a um, it's either a three or a four point home court swing. So it's.
0: we are we are way behind Arkansas according to ESPN's basketball power index. That has them with an eighty percent chance of winning and Auburn with a twenty percent chance of winning. And with South Carolina, we're a little we do a little bit better. We have a thirty-eight percent chance of winning that game. So we're not. I mean, to say we're not favored against Arkansas is an understatement. Like it, ESPN doesn't give us a much of a chance at all.
2: Mm-hmm. well i mean i mean you...
1: arkansas is coming off uh just a really rough stretch i mean lsu and alabama might be your my out, so they might be the two best teams in the sec right now along with their two out of three with tennessee uh but they lost mm. to alabama by 31 and by 16 to lsu so they're, uh, they're they've been struggling the last two games
2: Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think our numbers with Sharif are not incorporated into this though. I mean, we've only had we've only had two games with him. So I, I think that really changes right. the metrics. Uh, yeah, I think if you changes the at, math on all the all these matches I think
1: you'll probably see a Vegas line that's a, a one point spread, a half point spread that favors mm-hmm. Arkansas. Yeah, I could see that.
0: Yeah, I don't see any any lines for this game yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. usually with college basketball, they come out day of day or day of. before. So, okay. Turn into a degenerate by some college. What mentors. if i a good? <laughs> what, I say, what if I'm a good gambler
0: and I want to I want to get on my lines in early?
1: Don't bet on college basketball. Get my lines
0: in early, like a get my lines in early, like a stockbroker in the '80s who gets up at 4 a.m. That was a cocaine joke. One wasn't a very good one, but it was a cocaine huh. joke on this podcast. Well, guys, I think we nailed it. I think we had a great podcast so far.
1: Well, before we go, um, I do want to take one short, short, short segment. Um, Chief, go ahead and just tell us your feelings about Jeremy Pruitt right now.
2: Well, should we do a commercial break and then come back for a- –
0: <laughs> Yeah, quick commercial break <laughs> okay. and come back for Jeremy Pruitt talk. <laughs> all right, and we're back with 43 minutes and 22 seconds elapsed in this pod Tell bond. us all about
1: record, Chief.
2: You Chief. I, I would like to say, I freaking told you so. Everybody out there that thought that that was a good hire, that he was doing a good job, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. It was a terrible hire. It's a terrible hire. Mm-hmm. And they may be about to make another terrible hire to follow it up, but hey, whatever. Well, they might they might be doing taking out Auburn's trash, for us, yeah, which is kind of yeah. odd. Like, it's, yeah. Well, that it's a weird. Uh, hopefully, they're not taking more than our trash from us. It's uh, uh, yeah. There could be some other people leaving, and I don't. I hope that that's not the case.
1: Well, I mean, according to their athletic director, too. the uh, recruiting's pretty good recently.
2: <laughs>
0: recruiting's been good. <laughs> Isn't that That's what he said? Isn't that why they're
2: uh, uh, having to fire a guy? Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, the good news is the funniest part of all of this is everybody, everybody knows that they investigated themselves to hope to find yeah. some dirt so they could fire proofs with cause. We all know that. You know that, I know that. Jerry Pruitt's lawyers know that.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> which which means they are now Immediately filing a suit and are going to win. Tennessee is going to lose this lawsuit to Jeremy Pruitt's attorneys and still have to pay him his buyout and his attorney's legal fees. Because they did this in the most bungled way mm-hmm. imaginable. I mean, it, because they sent this – I mean, they sent this letter to Jeremy Pruitt's five pages long, single-spaced. <laughs> basically outlining why they fired him right they immediately leaked that letter to the press his attorneys quickly pointed that out like well you did that because you are trying to make our client look bad and that's not going to stand we're going to actually add that to our lawsuit
1: look it's not our so, fault we can read it faster than Janet Pruitt can it was
2: it's un it's um, it's unbelievable I, like I, uh if- when I saw that happen, I thought, "Oh, they must they really must have their ducks in a row here." The, this, you know, you wouldn't—you wouldn't come out like that if you didn't have your ducks all in a row. But um, I didn't really mm. factor in the fact that it's Tennessee who has uh, not exactly been famous lately for making great decisions. So, um, you know. I, it seems like they did not have their ducks in a row, and perhaps they're going to end up having to pay this buyout anyway. They're going to have egg on their face. They're going to be—they're going to have Kevin Steele as their head coach for several years. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what's worse—having Jeremy Pruitt or having all this other stuff happen. I think what's worse is having given him because I believe they extended him
1: earlier this before year. the season, before the season, four four weeks ago so after I, the season. I, as it was before I thought it was like no, I just think a was couple before. weeks ago. I think it was
2: five months ago um so just before the season but like that is insane like what do you do in Tennessee and uh it's not like you didn't know who this guy was but i I, I think yeah. maybe they actually are in trouble and they're just trying to put it all off on this guy uh that that may be what it actually is it, it is it uh, did become convenient. Uh, they're not exactly trying to hide. Uh, if they fire a guy, they're probably hoping that they uh, get out of trouble. But anyway, we've probably gone on too long. I'd just like to say, um, you know what? Jeremy Pruitt's smarter than me because he's got millions of dollars and uh, for not being incredible at his job, uh, but just being good enough to convince people to hire him. So, And congrats to –
0: 2021 20, defensive coordinator for the University of <laughs> Alabama, Jeremy Pruitt. It's going to be, it's going to be I great. Think
1: Tennessee will hire uh, Mike Leach. Uh,
0: no, not not <laughs> this time. No. No. They might interview Jay Gruden. <laughs> All right. Hey, if you listen to this podcast and you really enjoy it, you should go tell somebody in person about it, or over the phone because it's coronavirus times. So what I want you to do is if you listen to this podcast, you should tweet and hashtag tell Ryan. Hashtag tell Ryan. Just say that. Hashtag tell Ryan. And everyone can tell Ryan, hey, I listened to that podcast. Why are we saying that? <laughs> hashtag tell Ryan that you listen to this podcast. It's at Ryan S. Sterrett on Twitter. Also, if you want to leave us a review, that would be rad. If you don't, I get it. I've never done it before really. <laughs> um, but it
2: was, It probably helps us out I get in it. our uh... – it totally helps and, us, you
0: know. But you owe us listen, nothing. Listen, I, you I owe mean, us I absolutely see, nothing. However, if you'd like to, to do, to be it, completely listen. honest,
2: we're not the best Auburn podcast out there. But hey, we give you uh, we're the we're the most. We remaining. are the best Auburn podcast oh, there out you, there. Well, are we? <laughs> for me, we
0: are. We are oh, okay. Auburn Twitter's official <laughs> sports podcast. We're the best Auburn yeah, soccer podcast out there for sure. And uh yeah. And there are people I know that listen to this, which is yeah, still that's a miracle, awesome. stuns me. Too. Um go, one, one, two, So, everybody, have a warrior war week. Bro. I'm bro. The anchor channel